¡Gol del Sevilla! Lo hizo Coque, señores. El tercero del partido, 24 minutos. Sevilla 3, Liverpool 1, Coque lo hizo. And break the hearts of Benfica again. It's Kevin Galmero. It's Sevilla's cup. Hello everybody, welcome to the teams of our lives with me, Marcus Speller, and him, Andy Brassel. Yep. Indeed, Andy, indeed. Oh, we've got a good one today. We've always got good ones. But, you know, I'm not lying when I say we've got a good one today. So uh, get off my back, everybody. Uh, today we've got Unai Emery's Sevilla. Unai Emery's Sevilla. They love that Europa League. They well, bloody you, you loved know, it. They know, won I'm it three successive seasons. You know, I'm excited about that. I know you are, Andy. Yeah. You, you, you chose this one um, specifically. I mean, Sevilla. When you think of Sevilla, you think beautiful city, extremely hot weather, and just a lovely football team who are properly in love with the Europa League. Um, they, they'd obviously won the competition uh, before Unai Emery, but my goodness, if there was ever any doubt that uh, that, that they'd fallen out with the Europa League, he certainly um, kicked that into touch. Um, Unai was obviously previously at Valencia, where he'd, um, uh, he'd lead them to third-place finishes in the knockout rounds of, of European competition. And then he went uh, to Spartak Moscow, but only lasted about six months or so before joining Sevilla in January 2013 and I'm not sure if anybody would have thought he would bring them such success certainly not in European competition um, I mean they finished fifth in the league in his first season there but they did win the Europa League beating Benfica on penalties uh, which was the first of three uh, Europa League wins under him as well but Andy when Unai Emery joined Sevilla what was the, what was the feeling um, at Sevilla at the time you know they, they, they parted ways with Michel uh, forgive pronunciation. Michel? Michel. Michel, that's right. For, was he the former player? Played in 1990, yeah. maybe? Um, what what was going on at Sevilla at the time? Because they're, they're a side who I often think, well, I think obviously Europa League, but if not, then I think mm. Champions League. I, think I thought top, you were going to say UEFA Cup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, absolutely. Fairs Cup, um, if we want to go back that far. Um, but I think, uh, I obviously think of those things, but I think very much a top five, top six side in Spain. Whereas that's not always the case with Sevilla. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting is looking at the join that isn't between um, the Juan de Ramos era mm -hmm. and this era um, of, of, of Unai Emery. Because Emery's such an interesting character, I think. <laughs> I mean, we, we look at him... I think nowadays, largely through a, an Arsenal slash Paris Saint-Germain sort of um, um, vision, I suppose. And that, that's, that's not really fair because there's so much other stuff mm. to, 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 to his, his, his career. He's so passionate ab about the game. And of course, before he got to Sevilla, he'd done a bloody good job at Valencia. Mm. Now, they, they come to a point, I mean, he led them through a spell that they'd been in financial crisis mm. and he got a couple of third place finishes in the league. I think now, sometimes people... that's That's not Rafa Benitez, but yeah. after what they'd been through since, mm. 
I mean, it's hugely impressive. Yeah, that you can't really underestimate what they went through. Um, you know, we think about the job Marcelo Beals has done at Leeds, getting them back into the top flight and then having an enjoyable season. It's it's sort of there's a tiny little comparison in that Leeds obviously financially went a bit crock. Now Valencia didn't go down to um, the Segunda Division, no, but they had to sell a lot of their top players. They were once a, a you know a Champions League club. Obviously, they got a couple of finals. We've talked about that side on this on this very podcast. Um, but you're right. What he did there w- w- was was better than what people think. You know, if someone came in now and got leads into a sort of third place finish or something like that, I know the comparisons aren't aren't brilliant, but I'm just trying to. I know what you're driving at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and and you know, before Emery took over at, at Sevilla, they'd actually they they'd sold a couple of big players um, themselves. You know, Jesus Navas, uh, Alvaro Negredo, both to Manchester City, Gary Medell to Cardiff. Remember old uh, old violent Medell? <laughs> they'd so they'd, 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 they'd but they'd made a few quid from them and they'd bought in Kevin Gamero and Carlos Baca, uh, and those two alongside uh, Ivan Rakitic were um, the team's top appearance holders that season in 2013-14. But I think the important thing, when you're talking about team building here, mm-hmm. as I was saying, the gap between um, Juan de Ramos and, and this spell mm. is significant because the club goes backwards in, mm. in, in that time. Now, of course, they win those two successive Europa Leagues, Um but as well, the club goes through some shit mm. because you've got the death of Antonio Puerta yeah. um, when, you, when you go back to 2007, which is a huge blow because obviously that is a, a tragic and awful thing to happen to any young man. It's a tragic and awful thing to happen to any football team for, you know, your... Um, one of your teammates to collapse on the pitch and of course he he, he died some days later um and when, when we've just obviously not long back watched um the euro 2020 um the christian erickson incident which thank goodness mm-hmm. he, he seems to have recovered from yeah that made me think of Puerta straight away. Well, to put that into context, you know, he recovered from it, and obviously they went on. Puerta didn't recover. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it's it's not even worth thinking about. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a close one, way yeah. closer than you want to be. Yeah, and um, I think especially the way Sevilla worked, and when we think of that first great Sevilla side under Ramos, we you know we think of um, players like Dani Alves, mm. Luis Fabiano. Quite rightly so, as as well, Andres Palop. But um, a very important core of that, and you touched on it when you talked about uh, Jesus Navas, is the, the the fact that it's 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 a team that needs to produce its own players as well, um, financially, of course. Um, and Sergio Ramos was one of those who came out of the, the the academy as well, um, financially. But it is 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 it's about it's not just about the economics. It's it's, it's about the, the feeling. It's it's about um, the soul of the the club, really, mm-hmm. and and the fact that so many of those players. Puerta was um, had come through the academy. He was loved, popular, um, and like eventually, like Jesus Navas, for example, was one of the pallbearers for mm-hmm. for him at his funeral. It's awful. 
-hmm. It was a dreadful thing to try and recover from. And from such a sustained run of success, which had come through the work of Monchi behind the scenes and the work of Ramos, who coached them brilliantly, they, they couldn't sustain... One, because of the emotional shock to the club, which can't be underrated yeah. in, in, in any way, shape or form. But also, like a team like that, winning silverware, which they're not used to, and coming very close to like pushing out Real Madrid and Barcelona, who are by this point mm -hmm. becoming, you know, world behemoths in a yeah. in a sense that they never never have before, certainly mm -hmm. commercially. Um that, that that is not sustainable. It's not reasonable to think mm -hmm. that was normal. So what the club does right in this period mm -hmm. is if you compare Monchi to another great sporting director of the time, compare him, say, Pantaleo Corvino mm -hmm. uh, at Fiorentina, it reaches a certain point where they're not getting the same returns mm -hmm. that they used to. Yeah. And Fiorentina decide with Corvino, okay, this has been great working together, now it's done. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Sevilla could have easily reached that point with Monchi. And they didn't. They said, let's work through this fallow period and start going on from here. I mean, how unprepared they were in that sort of pre-Emery spell. I remember just after, um, when my eldest son was about four months old. So mm -hmm. this, this would have been in... Um, January 2012 um, we went to Andalusia for the month and I was doing some work over there and we hung out and it was, it was, it was fun and I remember we went for dinner one night um, opposite um, the Ramon Sanchez Piz Juan which was quite close to where we were staying mm. the stadium and um, I'd been to the presentation of uh, Baba um, striker they'd signed from Maritimo um, earlier in the, the, the day and um I was sat there having dinner with my wife and our baby and um I was like that guy over there he's um that's baba who's just signed <laughs> and he was sat there mm. on his own trying to work his phone <laughs> he couldn't read any of the menu mm. it, they basically just let him get on with it really you know? yeah yeah and you 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 assume that footballers will will have someone like, he from? looking after them um Senegal right and um, so I went over to him and I was like, hello, do you, do you need some help with the menu? He's like, yeah, that'd be great, thanks. Well, presumably you, you'd be the French speaker. Yeah, he, yeah so we yeah. had a little chat and he was very chatty because I don't think he'd spoken to anyone since he'd Yeah, but again, you stadium. forget that, that human element of football that you just, you, you, in our head sometimes you play fantasy football, right, well, we'll pick that footballer up over there and we'll slot him in that team and, we'll, and you forget that, oh, well, for most of the time, He's not playing football. Exactly. And he, he was he was trying to get some food yeah. and like get his phone working so he could call his family, basically. Yeah. And uh he was he was really grateful. Mm. But uh, that just made me think of like what the what the hell is the club doing? Yeah. Or what is the club not doing? And it just seemed that they were just blundering into this mm. this cul-de-sac. When they get further down the line. I think they realise that we've we've got to do this better. Mm -hmm. And Emery is part of that. Emery is, like him and Monchi, the click is great. Mm -hmm. But also with Emery, there's attention to detail. 
And I think that's something that's... What's that's, he like as a, as, a, as a man manager, as a sort of a people person, Emery? I think, I think he's great. Some people think he is a little bit too obsessed with football. Okay. Uh, um, and maybe a little bit like Rafa Benitez. Well, do you think there's a touch of the Guardiola's? Because Guardiola is a funny one, isn't he? Because clearly some players absolutely love him mm. and you see the way he is, but he is quite obsessive and quite intense. Mm. Yeah, he is intense. And, a bit, and, and can be a bit prickly with the media. And I think Emery, his time at Arsenal is often sort of blights his... Um, but his, his efforts... In this country. I think what's really notable there, if you look at Arsenal, the things that people like really uncharitably took the piss out of him well, about... his accent. Like for, 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 for trying to communicate. Yeah. For thinking, I'm going to communicate whatever happens. Mm, mm. And he did that in Paris as well. And... You know, people people would like you know make jokes about his English and stuff. It's outrageous, really, mm. considering you know he he came here speaking a bit of English already, despite never having mm. lived here and thinking, right, I'm going to do whatever it takes to communicate. And I think that is really important in this period of Sevilla, where you look at the squad who win that first UEFA Cup under him in 2014. It's Europa not a league, Andy. You, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the big cup. I it's know. all the big oh, yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah. That it is squad, a great trophy, by the way. It is wonderful. I think it's better than the Champions League one. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose it's cheating lifting it with those big handles, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But I, I think you look at that squad from 2014, player for player, it is not a patch on the Juan de Ramos side. Mm. But what it is, is a team in development. Now, I think you look at that and you look at some of those players who go on to become really great players. Now, we talked about adapting. Ivan Rakitic, mm. who captains that side. I mean, in a way, they kind of lucked out because he's someone from a multicultural background. Mm. You know, Croatian family, born in Switzerland, comes up through a Swiss academy, goes to Germany when he's quite young, learns to play pretty much every position in midfield, multilingual. So he learns eventually to speak Spanish. There's this, um, this this great story that um, he told Sid Lowe some years ago, I think when he was still at Sevilla, about how he met his wife who was working in the hotel that he was staying in mm -hmm. um, around the corner uh, for, uh, from the stadium. They've, they've worked on it a little bit more since the days of Baba at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, he's, he said, uh, will you come out for dinner with me? And she goes, when you can do more than ask, ask for a can of Coke, I'll go out for dinner with you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and she's, 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 now, she's now his wife. Well. But he turns out to be an outsider mm -hmm. who's a real leader of this team. And by this point, you've got Jose Antonio Reyes back. Mm -hmm. You've got um, players who become better and better players. Like I, I think um, a good example is uh, Vitolo, for example. Mm -hmm. He becomes absolutely fant fantastic for them. Uh, Vicente Abora, mm -hmm. he he becomes fantastic for them as well, and you know eventually gets a a, a move to the Premier League to so Brighton, yeah, which is what he was after all along. I think it was. So so uh, he's he's got um no Vicente Abora went to Leicester. Oh forgive me, sorry. Yeah yeah yeah. I'm getting I, I saw him in the blue kit, and uh, <laughs> I'm getting confused. Yeah yeah. So um, Kilmarnock he went to. You're right, Andy. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> he would have been great in Scotland. Real cupboard of a footballer. <laughs> But I think this sense of personality in this team is, is, is really, really important because in the semi-final of 2014, 
they um, win the first leg 2-0. Then they're 3-0 down mm-hmm. at Valencia in the return. And then Mestalla, you know what it's like when it's yeah. a big night. It's really teeming. And they just fucked it, basically. <laughs> and it's embarrassing for Emery because he's going back to a yeah. place where it didn't end brilliantly. And he's not really given the credit he deserved, as, as we said. And then they just, it's just keep going till the end. And they absolutely steal a place in the final <laughs> in a way that no longer will be possible, of course, from this season with the away goal. Stefan and Beer heads in a long throw in like the 93rd, 94th minute. <laughs> and they're, they're off to the final, which is where they beat um, Benfica on penalties yeah. with uh, Beto making a couple of saves in the shootout that would definitely not be allowed nowadays. Off the where line. He's, where he's way off his, mm-hmm. his, his line. So um, it's, do you know... A, a, a tale, I think, of of, of growth and and, and perseverance, mm-hmm. and then you look at you know the the subsequent wins in the final, mm-hmm. where they beat uh, they beat Dnipro mm-hmm. um, in twenty fifteen, beat Liverpool in twenty sixteen, yeah. and after a very very bad first half in Basel against Liverpool, they turn it on. That, 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 they're brilliant and yeah. Gamero. And especially Eva Benega, who, of course, he gets well, the joy of working say, yeah. with later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fantastic. We, we were talking a while ago, weren't we, on, on, on a previous uh, team teams of our lives about players who just fit at a certain club. Yes. It's weird with Benega. If you, like, you know, you think of later when he leaves mm-hmm. and they bring him back, like after this Emery period, to, to lose a player on a free transfer and then buy him back or like, I, I guess, like a year later for 8 million. Sounds like a terrible bit of business. Mm. It, it was perfect. Yeah. They had to do it. Yeah, but I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, with him, Benega is one of those players who, he's a good player, obviously. He could have played for another side and not won any trophies. But, you know, had respectable finishes in the league and got the knockout rounds. But the fact is he goes to Sevilla, settles in very, very nicely, and he's got some winners' medals there because of what they were doing. But after they won that first um, Europa League, they uh, they made they lost Rakitic to Barcelona, but they did make some 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 big signings. Denis Suarez came in, mm-hmm. had it had an impact. Gregor uh, Krakowiak, and obviously Eva Benega, the the aforementioned. And Monchi was there behind these signings, and again with with a with a club like Sevilla. When they do well, they're massively in the shop window. Now they kept the Carlos Bacher was still involved, but after the final in 2015 when they beat the Nipro, he was off to was it AC Milan? Yeah. Um, so he goes. So it's always a kind of I know big team. I know every side are always looking at, at transfers, and and just because they're not an elite level club doesn't mean to say that the elite level clubs don't have a high turnover and they don't over always looking to improve. Every team's always looking to improve. I, I understand that. Um, but with um, a side like Sevilla, if they build their sides around certain players, those players are taken away. And then it's a bigger rebuilding job, you could argue. It is, but I think this spell of success mm. makes Sevilla sportingly successful in a way that they weren't before. Yeah. Now, like I said, you can't underplay the influence that the passing of Antonio Puerta has, mm. has on them. But I think the second time they get this success, they're more ready for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, even when Monchi goes off 
and leaves for a couple of years, they can sustain it. I do believe they're stronger with him now he's come back, but still there's a sense of plan, a sense of working, a, a way of doing things. And I think players want to come and they want to stay for a bit longer. You, mm. you look at even the quality of the 2016 squad compared to the 2014 one. By that point, they've signed mm-hmm. Benoit Tremolina, who's really, really good for them, a, a, a left-back. Uh, Krikoviak's come, as you say. Uh, Adil Rami, um, Stephen Nzonzi comes Fernando in. Fernando Urento. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen Nzonzi comes in at the start of 15-16. Mm. Uh, what a move that was. And Yeah, he was, he was great. I mean, it was amazing. I remember interviewing him um, like just after they beat Sevilla, uh, 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 just after they beat Betis in the derby mm. um, at the start of his, his first season after that game. And um, it was when uh, Sam Allardyce mm-hmm. had, had, had said, oh, if I could get in Zonzi in the England team, I would, <laughs> if it was logistically possible. Yeah. And I, was, I, I asked him about that and he said, I'd 100, 100% have been up for that, playing for Big Sam for England. Really? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it would have been great. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you say because they're obviously you know, a well-known side. You know, They had won the, the Europa League mm. slash UEFA Cup, whatever we're calling it, um, for back in the day. And again, uh, they're a team that people would have, would have known. But as the years go by in football and so on, sometimes these, these triumphs can be forgotten. But that, that period of winning three in a row is quite incredible and it firmly put them on the footballing map and therefore you can attract players. You can, um, people think of you as a big side then. They do, it makes a massive difference. And also difference. they think, if I go there, I actually might win something. That's that's the thing, like this second run mm-hmm. of Europa Leagues as opposed to the first two UEFA Cups. Yeah. People have seen more of it on telly yeah. and all also, over the world. If it it was does in doubt, make a difference the it, way we watch football yeah. nowadays. And if, if, it, if anything was in doubt, you know, again, they beat Inter, didn't they? You know, a few years later in the final. Yeah. So that's it. If you, you know, that, and and, and to, to, to kind of attract those sort of Eva Benega, Kevin Gamero type players who maybe not, might never reach what, the elite level, the, an elite club, you know. But yeah. I mean, there's only a handful of elite clubs, you know. So yeah. again, let's put this into perspective. But those kind of players who are, are really good players, they're not going to command, you know, an outrageous transfer fee, perhaps, although in this day and age, you never know. They're the ones that a lot of clubs are after. Mm. You can have first dibs on them, or, or, or at least your pulling power is a lot greater because of this. And what you feel with Sevilla, what, what you always feel with Monchi, is when they sell those guys, A, they'll get good value for yep. them, and B, they'll spend the money correctly. Mm. This isn't Spurs selling Gareth Bale. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll invest wisely and yeah. that, that helps them continue to grow. They've got a model that, that, that works for them and mm-hmm. um, I guess the only missing thing from, from now is La Liga, right? Yeah. Oh, the man, I really wanted them to win last season. I mean, again, to put all these things in perspective, They've only won La Liga once in their history. For them, for them to be nineteen forty-five, gen- for them to be genuinely challenging for it, yeah, under Lopetegui, just yeah. as back then with Juan de Ramos, it's it's in- incredible, yeah. really. As I say, they won it once, and and it was in the forties, definitely. I might be wrong with forty-five, forty-six, but it was definitely in the forties. And even were we season to get old as that season? I think we were uh, in a previous life but again the Copa del Rey they won it a couple of times this century mm. but previously hadn't won much so it's really in the 21st century that Sevilla have come become this side but it is that you know Wando Ramos and Unai Emery these guys who have done that and they've brought them up to 
this level. I mean, I always say it is the ultimate lovely old job in football to have the sort of the twilight of your career in somewhere like Sofia. You know, it's 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 absolutely glorious. And, I'll, I'll see you there in our late forties, Andy. I'd, <laughs> it, it, early forties, if you wouldn't mind. Um, it's, it's the sooner the better for me. So um, so there we are. Anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you about uh, Unai Emery Sevilla. Those those three glorious years, or two and a half glorious years, under under the man who, of course, then went and won it with Villarreal. Hey. More recently, uh, to prove to everybody that he's still got it in that competition. It's his cup. Everyone else is just playing in it. Damn right. Unless he's Arsenal manager. <laughs> and everybody figured that out quite quickly. And then he soon righted that wrong. Thank you very much for listening to the Teams of Our Lives. We're back next week with another one. See you then. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.